Welcome to the Holy Donors Podcast. Join Andrew, Matt, Ren, and me, Thaddeus, as every week we bring you inspiring stories of radical generosity that have changed the world. So, Andrew, you ready to get started? Can't wait. Welcome back to our fifth episode of our season on Sarita Kennedy East. I'm Matt. I'm here to uh, kind of host this wrap-up episode. Happy to be here. We've also got Ren joining us. Hey, Matt. Glad to be here. And Andrew coming from Maryland this time. Hey, Matt. Happy to uh, be with you. And I'm dealing with a little bit of a cold here. Uh, I'm excited. And I don't think that I realized, you said that, you know, I brought you this, I brought this story to the team. And I honestly had no idea of the twists and turns that this story was going to take us in and the cast of characters that we were going to uncover through this research. And it's been, it's been really fun to, it was really fun to research it and tell the story. And then listening back to the episodes as they've been published and put out there has been really cool. And I think another interesting thing with you, Andrew, on on this episode is you got to tell, or season, excuse me, you got to tell the story of another another Texas subject. I, I forget how many you've done now, but uh, it's been quite a few. It's getting to be old hat, just talking about all the holy donor Texans. You know, we need some Michiganders <laughs> and some Oklahomans. There you go. We'll do it. We'll do our best. Okay. Good. <laughs> we'll see where we can go. Should mention that uh, Thaddeus is a late scratch tonight. Yes. Due to illness as well, unfortunately. Which is really unfortunate because I wanted to hold his feet to the fire a little bit. Uh, listening back, he started out by giving Sarita six gold coins out of ten as a holy donor. <laughs> it moved up to seven, eight, eight and a half, and maybe a little behind the scenes. We, before listening back to the season, just recently, we ranked the holy donors just um, just off of our memories. And when he did it then, he gave her a 9.5. So... <laughs> Thaddeus was easily swayed this season. He was. He 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 was. Well, I think he was just enamored with Spike Kennedy more than anything. <laughs> That's Spike true. and Sarita for sure. And that she had a, a turret, a gun turret on top of uh, what was it on top of again? It was just a tower in her house, right? Her compound. Yeah, she had a machine gun turret though. That's right, a machine gun turret. Keep away all the banditos. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, as as we always do in this wrap up episode. We share a little bit about what we knew before we walked in uh, to the season, and really, if um, Andrew, let's start with you being being from Texas. She's a Texas girl, but you also kind of chose her to to share her story. Tell us what you knew about her before we went in. Yeah, so I didn't know much about Sarita at all. I knew about the Kennedy Foundation. I think I mentioned it in my in some of the episodes how when I was a fundraiser working for the church in College Station, the Kennedy Foundation. Had big a bit had been a big funder of our ministry, and so I knew them. I had no idea of the story behind how the foundation was established, who John G. and Stella uh, Kennedy were. Which, you know, in in telling the story, John G. Uh, I guess who is he? He was Don Don Gregorio. He really didn't have that big of a role in at least in our story. We center mostly on Mifflin Kennedy, Sarita Kennedy, and then Brother Leo and the whole mess after that, but. Uh, you know, the foundation, of course, is named to the John G. and Stella Kennedy Foundation. And I knew about it, but I knew nothing about the story. So it was really cool to to learn about the Cavalry of Christ and the Oblates down in South Texas, spreading the word of Christ uh, to the people. And, and then just, you know, how the world kind of grew up around Sarita, where she grew up in, a, in the saddle of a horse and then 
ended her ended her life flying back and forth to South America and Europe and traveling the countryside. And so anyways, it was a, a good a good story learning about Sarita and you know kind of all the things that went into the founding of the Kennedy Foundation. Yeah, that's that's interesting how much you knew going into it. it to me it's it's quite hilarious that uh all of these wrap up episodes I really get to share that I don't didn't know anything about the subject that we were discussing and I can once again say with Sarita <laughs> Kennedy I we need to pick like Pick like more basketball players, or what's going to scratch <laughs> or, your or presidents or of uh, of the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, go, going through her her life, I knew nothing of her. You know, I didn't know of the Kennedy Foundation or or that. I did know of the King Ranch. You know, I, I knew beyond just King Ranch, the F one fifty or the the Ford high trim level of their vehicles, King Ranch. I knew of the King Ranch being the largest ranch in the in the country. So a little bit of that, which is kind of a, a sister ranch to the Kennedys. But outside of that, I did not know of that. So uh, know of her story or that, that foundation. So it was, it was a great road and a great trip and to go on. And I was happy to post and kind of walk us through that, that, uh, that season. What about you, Ren? What did you know about the Kennedys? Yeah, about the same. I, I was familiar with the foundation being one of the biggest Catholic foundations in the U.S., up there with the Raskob Foundation, but that's all I really knew about Sarita's family in general. You know what's interesting to reflect on is when it comes to the question at the end of each season, was this person a holy donor, we usually have kind of an two sides of the coin. We either have like an overwhelming amount of information about the person's life, how it was documented, they were a public figure. And then we're able to like dissect all these different stories and say, this made this person a holy donor, or because we know this, it doesn't make them a holy donor. And then we have people at the other end of the extreme where we know next to nothing about them, except these like tidbits that are in, you know, one or two really kind of documented sources. And there's really only, you know, one major book for about Sarita, if you love me, you'll do my will. And then, you know, of course, the history of the Kennedy Foundation, which honestly didn't go into a lot of the detail and some of the dates and everything is conflicting. So anyways, it was, it's interesting to, you know, kind of look at how we evaluate the people and some there's more information than we really want or need. And then most of them, it's, there's just nothing there to compare to. So it's just interesting to reflect on. Yeah, that is an interesting uh, point of view there, Andrew. It's, yeah, it's, it's been hot and cold and you're absolutely right. That's, that's a, that's a great take. He sailed to America as a young boy and started from scratch in the land of promise. He fled to Mexico to avoid fighting for the Confederacy in the Civil War and helped to build the city of Houston from a small town to a thriving city in the wake of the war. Learn more about the inspiring story of this young immigrant, Tim Scanlon, accomplishing the American dream and the legacy of philanthropy that he left in the Holy Donors Podcast, Season 7, The City Builder. So Andrew, this this season was a little different than our past seasons on how we how we prepared and how we walked into the studio to record. Uh, share a little bit about how this one was different from seasons past. Sure. So most of the seasons, when we start investigating somebody, somebody takes the lead as the lead investigator slash expert, and then over the course of that research, we're usually sharing bits of information, and then whenever we get into record which I think we've told us in, in past seasons, wrap-up party, we usually 
not usually, we always batch our recordings to do them over a couple of days where we will record three or even four or five seasons at a time just because people are spread out all over the country. And so usually on those weekends, we'll do show prep where we'll kind of walk through. So then when we're sitting in studio, everybody has a general idea, but I don't know if it was just that we were running short on time or we just kind of were getting punchy or I don't know what, but for some reason this time we just said, Andrew, how, how well do you know the story? And I said, oh, I think pretty well. And they said, can we just record it? And I said, sure. And we just jumped in the studio and started recording. So you guys were truly like listeners, live listeners on the air, learning about Sarita and with no prep, which I guess the listeners can tell us if they thought that <laughs> it was a terrible approach and we should never do it again or, or what. But it seems like as we get more comfortable doing this show and kind of getting into our own flow, we know how to how to prepare and what's necessary and what's not necessary. And I don't know, it it seemed like a good season. It was fun and it kind of, you know, brought it to life in a in a new way for us as the people doing the show. You know, and I think I think it's kind of morphed in as we move forward into the to similar formats. But what's kinda of interesting is we all kinda of know how each other think and what we're gonna say and who would say what or who would say this or who would say that throughout the episode. So it's it's kind of interesting how we've done so many of these together now that it it's almost uh, second nature for us just to sit down and just just roll with it. Yeah, I would agree with that. A lot of that is just our level of comfort with each other in the booth. Maybe the spot that was most apparent that we were kind of winging it a little bit was that this was originally a three-episode season, and it <laughs> yeah, turned into four <laughs> because <laughs> episode, episode three went quite long. That's why uh, – we had a rare moment of not finishing an episode with a can't wait, which was a little bit disappointing. <laughs> I was left wanting, that's for sure. <laughs> that's really funny. So what, what were some, uh, some key takeaways that you had, Ren, from this season? Well, for one, I really just enjoyed thoroughly the Wild West part of it. We recorded this season quite a while. It was probably six months ago that we recorded this. And so the details were fuzzy in my mind when I went back and started re-listening and editing the episodes. And I just really thoroughly enjoyed all the Wild West stuff in the first episode. That was great fun. Um, the other thing that stood out to me was how hard it must be for somebody in Sarita's position with this massive fortune to discern who's a true friend and who's kind of a vulture circling for the money. Right. Even yeah. somebody that you feel like you should be able to trust, like your your local bishop, seemed to be a little bit of a, a bad guy in this story. Right. The, right. Just the greed yeah. that he showed and the ownership that he felt over her wealth. Yeah. So that, that must be tough for somebody in that position to really discern that who's a true friend and who's just there for the money. And we did talk about how Sarita was born into this, you know, by the time she got to her position, the family was already wealthy and they got wealthier with the discovery of oil, but they were already a very prominent Southern family. So this was, you know, her way of life, but she, by all accounts, her favorite place in the world was to be on a horse you know, away from people kind of riding her land. And so maybe some of that was, she didn't like being in the spotlight and, you know, had a hard time kind of developing, you know, being discerning about who she can trust and who she can't, but that is ultimately what came back to cause problems in the end. But you're absolutely right that it's, hard to discern who wants to do us good and who wants to just be there to to take advantage of a person or a situation. Yeah, Andrew, what were some of your key takeaways? Yeah, I'm with Ren. I loved the Old West part of it, you know, the uh, the cavalry of Christ riding around, uh, you know, celebrating mass across the South Texas and 
the river boats and the cattle drives and then the trains. And uh, I don't know. It was just all really cool for me. I'm a big fan of the show Yellowstone. And then uh, I've watched 1883. I haven't watched 1923 yet, but 1883 was kind of how I picture a lot of this, you know, the landscape of the country, just very rough. And if you're not strong and you're not willing to fight for, for what you have, then you're going to lose it to somebody or to nature. And that was, you know, that that's the West. So it was pretty cool to think about, you know, one of our, one of our subjects being in this time zone or this time frame. The other thing though, is at the end of the story, right? Sarita was a good person by all accounts. She took good care of the Canadinos. She had good intentions. She wanted to take care of them and, and give her money to good causes. And yet she still messed things up by signing multiple wills and by, you know, letting one person, you know, kind of a new person in her life have brother Leo have so much control. And so anyways, just, just my takeaway was a cautionary takeaway and kind of to, you know, to piggyback off Ren's, right? Like there's people out there that want to take advantage, but it really is a cautionary tale of how to be, how to be mindful and how to be intentional and how to be diligent if you want to do good in, in the world. And you can't just be a good person with good intentions. You actually have to put a plan in place and you have to put mechanisms in place to protect that plan. So anyways, that was my, that was my big takeaway. It was a crazy season. I loved it, but at the end it almost all fell apart. Fortunately it didn't. And foundation still doing good work, but it was a very cautionary takeaway for me. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. This, this piece of, we all think that with wealth, it makes life easier, but in, in some ways it makes, makes things even tougher. Well, money, more problems. Am I right? <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> you know, and it's also interesting. I too love the kind of wild west side of this story. The first time we've been able to showcase it. And, and for me, just knowing how hard of a life it was to live back then, it was fantastic to, to hear about the, the cattle drives and and the Wild West. And- I mean, who has machine gun turrets on the top of their house now? That's right. You know what That's I mean? right. Like, not a normal thing. Not <laughs> enough people. <laughs> it's 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 a normal thing up in Michigan for them, especially the UP to have that. <laughs> he's he's dreaming about when he eventually moves to Alaska and can put a log cabin with a machine gun turret up in the on the top. I'm sure. You know, for me, I had kind of an interesting take too with with Sarita. We've done some great, great people, some great entrepreneurs. But for me, she had this phenomenal entrepreneurial spirit of, of hey, if I don't know how to do it, I'm just going to figure it out and go. That was one of the, the things that I, I took away from, from hers quite a bit. And then on top of that, just her, her loyalty and devotion uh, to me was just was phenomenal. And I, I, I love the story with the banditos and, and the workers from, from the ranch and, and all that she did for them. Um, and, and what she gave back. And I too, you know, was struck by this, the multiple wills at the end of her life and the, the different kind of players with, within this that, that really made, made an interesting story to share with Sarita. But uh, again, I, I go back to this Wild West time. And I think that was, that was my favorite part of sharing this story or being a part of the story was kind of her life in, in this time. So that was, that was pretty amazing. So it sounds like we need to find more cowboys and cowgirls to feature in Holy Donors if we're we're really talking about things that interest our our hosts. That's right. right. So up next we've got Billy the Kid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Bat Masterson and White Herb. So good. <laughs> Very good. 
So, Ren, who do we have up next? Well, we got a special little mini season coming up pretty soon here. The next thing we put out is going to be a little bit of a March Madness bracket, breaking down our holy donors, Ooh. a little bit of a competition. You're not going to want to miss nice. that. Yeah. And after that, the next season we're doing actually is going back to the Wild West. And really, even before it was the Wild West, it's going to be interesting. We're going to have a gentleman who was a merchant on the frontier when the frontier was Kentucky. And then when the Louisiana Purchase happened, he was out in St. Louis uh, when it was a town of a thousand people. So it's going to be interesting. His name is John Melanfi. Ah, very good. Sounds great. A little more frontier living. There we go. Thanks, Matt, for hosting and Ren for contributing your insights. And this has been fun. Another rap party is in the books. Have a good one. See you soon. Can't wait. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Holy Donors, brought to you by Petrus Development in cooperation with Red Sea Catholic Radio. Theme music by Tommy Kibb, Third Top Productions. Graphics by 86 Creative. If you like us, leave us a review, share us with your friends, and check us out at holydonors.com and on Instagram. Holy Donors, bringing you inspiring stories of radical generosity that have changed the world. Are you ready for a conference that brings together practical fundraising tools, a supportive community, and our Catholic faith? If so, join us for Raise 23, the Catholic Fundraising Conference, June 19th through the 21st, 2023 in Louisville, Kentucky. You'll leave with new ideas for growing your organization's fundraising program and a cohort of peers to connect with for support and inspiration. One of our many great speakers will be Deacon Charlie Echeverry, who has served with Catholic Answers, Catholic Association for Latino Leadership, Tepiac Leadership Initiative, and Scent Ventures. Deacon Charlie has also worked for companies such as AOL, Disney, and Univision. As a current CEO of Black Brown Collective, he will bring deep insights on diversity and culture in the church and fundraising. Register for Raise 23 today at PetrusDevelopment.com slash Raise 23 and use the promo code HOWDY to get $50 off. That's PetrusDevelopment.com slash Raise 23, promo code HOWDY. All right, welcome back to our fifth episode, a wrap-up episode for Serena Kennedy West. Serena. What did I say? Did I say Serena? (laughs) Serena. It's east, not west. Oh, it's east? Did you say west, too? (laughs) (laughs) An amazing episode from Texas, uh, one that was brought to us by... Rin, you did it, right? Andrew did it. And it was also even a season, not just an episode. (laughs) 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 These end-of-the-day wrap-up sessions, right? (laughs) My my name is Thaddeus. I'm I'm excited (laughs) to be here. Wait, wait, wait. No, no.